All right, everyone. Welcome to the Sport, the Endurance Nutrition Show. We are so excited to be here with Shannon. She works at Gnarly Nutrition. Um, and she's going to tell us about herself and about how Gnarly started and, and what they're all about. So, so welcome. Yeah, welcome, Shannon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, as typical with our shows, we are going to have a little food segment today. This is what we are trying. So Shannon, tell us a little bit about this and why you love it. Sure. Um, so Gnarly Vegan is our vegan meal replacement. I am not a vegan. Um, I am an omnivore. I you know, eat what I call a plant-focused diet. So I eat a lot of plants. Vegetables are a big part of my diet, but I also eat um, a meat as a, as a good, you know, source of protein and, and just kind of on a daily basis. Um, but the reason why I love our vegan is because it is formulated as a meal replacement. So it's more than just protein. Um, it has nine grams of fiber. It has seven grams of fat. Um, it's a little bit higher in calories than your standard protein supplement. So it's 200 calories per serving. It also has a vitamin and mineral blend. Um, and compared to other vegan proteins, it goes into solution really well. It's not super chalky. If you compare it to whey, there's a, there's a definite difference. Um, but it's just really easy to drink. It's really convenient if I'm on the run um, because of something, you know, I'm running to go train or I'm running somewhere with my kids and I need something, I can mix it with just water and it mixes super well. Um, and I like that it's a better source of nutrition. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's for me, convenience, it tastes good and um, it's, you know, has a good source of, of a lot of good nutrients in there. Yeah. One of my favorite, I, I love uh, gnarly vegan. It's pretty much a something I drink on the daily. <laughs> oh, and awesome. um, one of my, it tastes amazing, yeah, which is not, some, really is not something that many <laughs> vegan protein powders can say. Yeah. And it also, it's not chalky. The texture is awesome. Awesome. So. Thanks. I also, um, as just kind of a little, I don't know, insider tip, it, if you guys ever use powdered peanut butter, um, I'll add like a, a scoop of powdered peanut butter, which adds about like six grams of protein. And also um, if you like the taste of peanut butter, it's absolutely delicious. Yeah. Um, so also really convenient because it's a powder as well. So if you're, you know, training and you're, you have your protein powder in your bottle and you're just, you know, looking to add water to it and have you know, your post-workout protein in your car right after putting a little powdered peanut butter in there as well makes it that much better. It's really yeah. good. Something that I used to do um, is I would take the, the vanilla, the vegan, and put it actually in a Costco fruit smoothie for like post-workout. So high carb, high protein. Mm, yep, and yep. that also is pretty yummy. But oh, that's good to know. It's high calorie. <laughs> but <laughs> post-workout, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. great. It's the so, time, it's time to get it. Yep. And you, how, ma how many uh, grams of protein did you say it was? So it's 20 grams of protein and the forms of protein or the sources of protein in that product are pea protein isolate primarily. And it has a little bit of chia seed and cranberry seed protein to bring up the um, leucine levels specifically. So that branch chain amino acid that's responsible for helping with muscle repair and synthesis. Um, so plant proteins are typically lower in leucine. But so by using kind of those other forms of protein, we can just bring that up, that level in a serving up a little bit more. 
which is really cool because I don't actually know of any other vegan protein on the market that has a high level of leucine, which as you said, leucine is actually essential for muscle recovery post-workout. So it's pretty cool that, I mean, it's actually quite amazing that it has uh, higher levels of leucine. It's a complete protein. So thanks. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyways, <laughs> so cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with us and no problem. everybody else. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about your background in sports. So what have you been involved with um, in the past and what are you currently involved in? Sure. It's kind of a long and storied history. Um, so I was, I was excited to, uh, I guess, get the introduction to you guys because you, you both have backgrounds in uh, bike racing, which I definitely spent a little bit of time doing um, in, in college, um, actually more, more accurately in graduate school, um, I got really interested in racing triathlons. Um, and I, swimming was kind of the most challenging thing for me. I was never really a swimmer. Um, but I started swimming with a master swim team and, and quickly met um, a few uh, road bike racers that um, also trained triathlon. They were like, oh, you should come on group rides with us. And then I was like, wow, this group riding thing and road racing is really interesting and it helped me get better on the bike. So um, then I started road racing a bit on the side to um, everything from, you know, crits to kind of longer stage races. Um, while I was training for triathlons, um, managed to squeak out an Ironman in Canada, which was great. Um, and uh, also then got interested in kind of more endurance mountain biking, um, did some cycle cross racing also, um, just was really obsessed with the kind of endurance uh, events. And that mixed really well with what I was studying in graduate school. Because um, as you guys know, you know, unless you pay attention to your nutrition, um, you're really not going to go very far in endurance events. So um, taking what I knew about research, what I was studying about nutritional physiology, um, and putting it together with what I love to do was, was just kind of this interesting mix of, um, of everything that I was passionate about. So um, did the endurance thing for a long time, um, did some ultra marathons as well. Um, and then uh, after I had, I had my daughter who's eight now and my son, and when I was pregnant with my son, a, a couple friends Two, from two different, completely different places had suggested to me that I try jujitsu. Um, and I was uh, kind of intrigued by it. And at Gnarly, we used to do these team building exercises once a month. We need to start it again, but where we would try a different sport and everybody um, at Gnarly would try it together. And it was just really fun, new way to, to do something together as a team and also expose ourselves to different sports. And um, I fell in love with jujitsu, <laughs> uh, I'd say obsessively in love. So it's been about four years of uh, training and competing with jujitsu. Um, I still ride my mountain bike and I still trail run, um, but to a much lesser extent. Um, and I probably train jujitsu about six days a week, um, strength training as well, um, and then uh, compete in that a few times a year. You're very well-rounded. That's awesome. <laughs> I always say that I have sad sports attention deficit disorder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I love sport. Um, and I think 
yeah, it just trying a lot of things and especially as we age, trying new things, I think it's the secret to, to success and longevity. Mm-hmm. Totally. Me and Emily actually met because of triathlons too. We joined the BYU triathlon club and that's oh, cool. how we know each other. But mm-hmm. Emily had a background in running, like growing up. Well, we both had backgrounds in running basically. Yeah. And then after triathlon, after the tri club, like we both just transitioned right into cycling. So we, yeah. we haven't quite found our way to jujitsu. Jiu- jiu- <laughs> just but, give it time. You're both young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure as we as we get older, we'll dabble in different things. Yeah. But that that sounds like a lot more like power moves, and is that a lot more like high power that you have to do with that compared to you know endurance sports and cycling yeah I'd say it's much more anaerobic um so a lot of the moves um especially when you're competing it it uh I think part of it is the hormone dump that you get from um grappling or fighting with another person um so it's very similar to wrestling uh the rule set's a little bit different sometimes people think that they're striking and kicking in jujitsu and there's none of that um you win by either a point system or by submitting a, an opponent via a choke or a joint lock. Um, so like an arm bar or uh, an ankle lock or something like that. Um, so there's no striking, but it's still very intense. Um, and so you, you get kind of that adrenaline going and, and there can be a lot of power in the moves. Jiu-Jitsu is interesting because it's one of the martial arts that's best for self-defense and best for smaller individuals to take on larger opponents. Um, So there's a a big kind of self-defense emphasis for women um, who, you know, you don't know who you may be attacked by and, and being, and most women are smaller than men. And so using these moves that really rely more on leverage than they do on power um, can be really effective against kind of larger perpetrators. So it's learn a little bit more about that. Good. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. I just started uh, teaching self-defense uh, through the Elizabeth Smart Foundation. Um, so she started a um, kind of an arm of her foundation called Smart Defense, and a good friend and training partner of mine is kind of in charge of that. And um, their their groups uh, basically, it's a I think it's a ten week training course in self-defense based on primarily jujitsu, but also some other martial arts um, to help women, the skills that they need if they were ever in a situation like that. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. And that's like a, a local foundation close to home, correct? It is a local foundation close to home, yeah. Um, so uh, in Utah, but they're looking to expand the program nationwide. So um, could be you know, much larger than, than just in our state. But mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing for women and particularly girls to kind of just have that base level of skill set. A lot of it has to do with awareness, but I think ha- doing any form of martial arts builds a certain amount of confidence, um, which I think is a big part of, of self-defense in general. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. So um I, we were curious to know kind of your background with nutrition, like, sure. like kind of your schooling and, and what got you interested in that and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I had always been interested in biology. Um, <laughs> I got 
really interested in biology in the seventh grade. Um, my first, I, 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 there was this unit we were doing in school that I hated. And my science teacher said that if we did the science fair, um, we could get out of doing this computer unit. And uh, so I did the science fair. My first science fair project was on the effectiveness of preservatives. So like Wonder Bread that has a lot of preservatives versus, versus more naturally baked breads in different environments. Um, so early on interested in kind of the ingredients of food and whether or not they were necessary. Um, and I think, you know, I've always loved eating. I've always loved cooking and I've always loved sport. So those things always came together for me. So I went, um, took a lot of biology in high school um, and transitioned to college um, as a biology major. Um, I came to the U uh, from Virginia. Um, I would say that it was for the school, but I'll be honest and, and say that the mountains and skiing were a big <laughs> draw for me. Definitely. Um, yeah, I came out here in high school and uh, just fell in love with the place. Um, just couldn't believe that you could drive to the mountains and actually touch them. It, it was, I don't know, it was, they were the largest mountains I'd ever seen. Um, and so I was really excited by how close the university was and also the fact that the biology program was really a good one. Um, so came out here, uh, studied biology, got really excited about research, um, found a lab that kind of focused on nutritional physiology more in an, in an ecology setting and ended up staying for my doctorate in that lab. So I, my thesis was looking at um, the physiological and morphological adaptations um, that allow animals to eat different diets. So whether it's an herbivorous, an omnivorous, or primarily carnivorous diet. Um, and and uh, had a ton of fun with that, got to travel a little bit, went to Argentina. Um, and then when I finished, was looking to stay in Utah. So um, I did a couple of postdocs, one looking at how um, nutrition can affect uh, a lot of the outcomes we see in, uh, in babies. So this particular condition called intrauterine growth restriction, where you really see the nutrition of the mother um, and the, the health of the mother having implications for how the baby then processes foods later on. So worked with a model system to kind of look at the genetics behind that. And then also did some um, modeling in a different lab, looking into how um, different factors in an individual's life can affect how water is metabolized. So lots of different stuff. Um, really loved research, was interested in staying in academia, um, but I just didn't want to leave Utah, to be mm -hmm. honest. And yeah. so was looking for a way to transition all those things that I talked about I loved into a career that would let me stay here. And um, the supplement industry is huge here. Um, and I had the idea that I eventually wanted to work for a sports nutrition company, um, but I didn't really ha know how to um, find the right one or have any connections. I had applied to a lot of big name companies, um, but didn't, didn't really you know, have my foot in the door anywhere. Um, so I just started working at some uh, supplement companies here in Utah, got a lot of experience in product development, worked at a supplement manufacturer, got a lot of experience um, in, on the manufacturing end, which has been indispensable. So um, looking at product quality and FDA regulations, um, and then found Gnarly Nutrition through a friend that was an athlete uh, for Gnarly. 
and wrote them a letter and sent, uh, sent them my resume, just pretty much outlining what I thought I could do for them. And um, they called me back and I, uh, you know, contracted for about a year and then they brought me on full time in product development. And I'm now the, um, the COO and CPO of that company. Nice. Yeah. So I've That's... worked, it's been about six years with Gnarly now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's, I love every minute of it. Yeah. That's awesome. So how far into, so I guess give everybody listening a little bit of background. How old is Gnarly? How long has it been around versus how long have you been there? Sure. So Gnarly has been around about seven years. Uh, mm -hmm. We just changed ownership last year. Um, and the major, I mean, we're a real, we're still a really small company. <laughs> when I say us, it's about five people now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I came on a little over five years ago. So mm -hmm. I, I came on when Gnarly was relatively new, uh, about a year and a half old. Mm -hmm. So how has Gnarly changed and developed since you got there? Like what changes have you seen? And, um, sure. yeah. Yeah. So, um, I spent a lot of time helping them get, uh, kind of control of manufacturing. So, um, really improving manufacturing relationships, making sure we had, uh, the correct company in terms of quality manufacturing our products, um, at one point, we had not a, gnarly. Never had a ton of proprietary blends in their products. Which, for those that might not be aware, that's um, a term for on the back of some supplements. You'll see kind of uh, what uh, some kind of fancy name for a blend, like maybe an adaptogen blend or an anti-inflammation blend, and and you'll have you know a bunch of ingredients listed under that blend, and you don't necessarily know how many, how much of any individual ingredient is in the blend. You just have a total quantity for the blend. So it's, um, it's kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's confusing for the consumer because they don't know what they're getting in the product. It's also a way for companies to get around testing for the ingredients in their products. Um, cause there's not really anything proprietary about it. Um, if they really had something that was that proprietary, they'd apply for a, a patent. Um, and so I helped them eliminate those. Um, I've helped them develop, uh, about three products, um, the pre-workout, the greens and, um, Oh, the pre-workout, the greens. What's the other product? Uh, well, we're about to launch a couple of products uh, since I've come on. <laughs> yeah, um, secrets. Yeah, we cleaned up the hydrate a little bit, changed that formulation. Um, I just, we're about 90% through NSF certification, which is a third quality certifying group that um, qual qualifies both manufacturers to make sure they're following FDA regulations, but also um, tests products uh, for label claim and contaminants. And then there's another level of testing that tests for all of the WADA banned substances. So the substances banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency. That's something we've wanted to do forever, but it's extremely costly. Um, and we are now in a financial position where we can afford that. And so um, we have two products that are in testing now and all the rest of our products have passed. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. Um, Congratulations. That's thank awesome. You. Thanks. That's yeah. a big deal. It, it's a huge deal. I mean, we've always said, uh, you know, one of our taglines has always been clean sports nutrition. 
And we've always firmly believed that, but you can understand why a consumer might, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, so now to have a third party um, certification like NSF, which is one of the most prestigious, um, you know, certifications you can get for supplement quality feels huge. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, um, we, we're really excited about it. Yeah, congratulations. One, one of the reasons that I love Gnarly so much is because it's such a clean protein. Um, I mean, I, I use the BCAAs as well, but I, like, this is something that, I, that I, is in my everyday. Um, I eat it every day. <laughs> yeah. And so um, another thing that's really stand out to me is the ethics and kind of like the sourcing of the proteins that I've been really impressed by. Um, and like you said, it, it sounds like that's kind of been, that's like really important to Gnarly is that clean, ethically sourced protein. Yeah, definitely. I, when um, the, the founders, uh, you know, came up with the idea or saw the need for the company, what they really saw was a gap between um, natural products that had clean ingredients um, and products that tasted good and had a culture that people were attracted to. So it, it seemed like um, a lot of the products that athletes were using were, you know, blue raspberry with like three Zs and, you know, had a bunch of artificial colors and flavors and sweeteners in them. Um, and the products that you, you know, would buy at a natural food store, um, one had kind of that natural brown not very exciting feel to them and secondarily um, didn't really taste very good and so it, it seemed like they kind of got around trying to make their products appealing because they were natural it was like oh well it's natural it doesn't have to taste good and so they really wanted to make a product where those two things met so that had natural ingredients that had a fun culture behind uh, the brand um, and that also made taste a priority. And that's what we try to do with all of our products. You know, when we formulate, when I formulate a product, I start with a need, you know, so, so what is lacking in our line? What do our athletes need? What, do, what could help people in, you know, a particular sport or, or group of sports? Um, I go to the research. So what does the research say? You know, what ingredients make sense for a product like this? Can we even include effective dosages in our product? You know, some some ingredients might make, might make sense, but because of cost or because of dose, there's no way you could put it in a supplement. Um, and then thirdly, can we make, you know, can we make the product taste good um, so that it, people are actually going to want to take it? Um, and that's the thought process that we take with, with all the new products we develop. Yeah. So the, the founders, were they uh, like, New, did they have like a nutrition sort of background or did they just want to create a product? Yeah. So they didn't have a nutrition background. They were athletes. Um, and so at that, for which I'd say food was important and the quality of food was important. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So they knew what they wanted. Um, luckily, they early on made some good connections that had a little bit more nutrition background. You know, prior to, to my coming online, they were pointed in the right direction um, and, and really lucky that way. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Let me see here. Um, I think that's most of our questions we had. I guess one, uh, what are some challenges 
like you've, you've talked about a few, um, but what are some challenges that you guys have had to overcome? It sounds like you're a small business, but growing. Um, yeah, are there any challenges that you guys have had that you've overcome? And Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I think one of the big challenges um, I think a lot of supplement companies have to overcome is this because that the word supplement kind of leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people associate it with companies that are trying to pull the wool over your eyes or, um, or, or trying to like trick you into taking a product that you don't really need. Um, and gnarly very much like we, any athlete that I work with, one of the things I get to do too is, is help our athletes with their nutrition. Um, and any athlete I work with, for the first thing I say is like, we're whole foods first company. Like our, our products are supplements because they're meant to be supplemental. Like never, if you have time to eat a full meal, you should eat a full meal. You know, if you are able to get, um, for example, BCAAs, if you eat protein and high quality protein in an optimal way, you might not need BCAAs in your diet. Um, but the amount of people that I, that I know that eat that way are very few. And so mm-hmm. BCAAs could make sense. Um, so trying to show people that one, we don't put ingredients in our products unless they're backed by science. Two, we're not making outrageous claims about how any of our products are going to make you an Olympic runner. Um, you know, obviously like we hope, hope that nutrition, we can be a small part of that equation, you know, if those are your hopes and dreams, but really it's you putting in the work that's going to, you know, get you to your goal, not taking our product. Um, so we try to be really honest about that. We try to make education an important mission. So when we educate, we don't educate about gnarly products. We educate about nutrition knowledge. So about mm-hmm. protein, about what BCAAs can do for you. Um, try to make it not a sales pitch, you know, and, and hopefully through that honesty, we gain fans and we gain customers that, trust our brand hey by the way i like i love the bcaa the it's like a raspberry flavor i think yep. it's so good Very lemonade i do too <laughs> yeah you. yeah, yeah um, that's sorry. what i think you guys asked me for my favorite products and i think i said the vegan vanilla and the berry lemonade bcaa yep. so there yeah. with you those are probably um, our favorites too i think <laughs> yours is the, is the bcaa's and i like the, the vegan vanilla so perfect um and then, you know, I think a lot of the other problems we have are, are not unique to us. It's just being a small business. So, um, you know, it's great when sales go up and we sell through product, but that means we need to buy more product, which represents like a lot of capital that, or a lot of money that we have to have to put into that, that purchase. And so um, it's a very much without a bunch of external funding, which we historically have not had. Um, it was a very like touch and go um, situation where we we do well and and then we'd have to buy more product and and then funds would be low. Um, but we have had pretty um, pretty consistent growth since Gnarly has been around. Um, we the state of Utah and customers in Utah, athletes in Utah have always been supportive of our brand. Um, we are mountain athletes and historically the customers that we've reached out to um, or the audience we've reached out to has been mountain athletes. And we early on were embraced by the climbing community. And um, I'd say we pretty much built a niche for supplement use in rock climbers. 
Um, prior to that, no companies were really talking to that audience at, at all. Um, and I think in the last like five years, particularly in climbing, but in other sports as well, you're really getting an emphasis on how important training and nutrition can be to performance. And so really being able to talk to climbers specifically and to other audiences um, and have people realize that it's where their peers, we're talking to them um, in a language they understand because we are, are one of them. That's been super helpful. Mm -hmm. So all of our cyclist friends, Support gnarly. Yeah, <laughs> awesome I, local. Protein. I actually, I actually first found out about you guys through Plan Seven because I think they. Uh, I, I went to a clinic by Brianne Nalder, who I think she uses your products and was handing out samples, and so. Oh, that's awesome. Um, ho hopefully, we can help you help help the cyclist. Yeah, uh, niche grow a little bit. <laughs> that'd be great. We, um, for a long time, I mean, our products have always been majority either like pre-workout or post-workout. Um, our hydrate is really about replacing what you lose in sweat. So replacing water effectively, replacing electrolytes. Um, but we've always had this gap where, you know, people want a fuel and particularly for cycling, being able to get your electrolytes, your calories all in one bottle makes a ton of sense. Um, and so, you know, over the past uh, few months, that's what we've been developing is basically um, a new version of our hydrate that also has calories in it and a, and a few other differences. Um, and we were going to launch it um, pretty much at the end of this summer. But with, you know, the current pandemic, um, we're doing great as a company. We're, we're not in any kind of financial hardship currently. Um, but we also want to be really careful with where we spend money. Um, mm -hmm. And so it doesn't, and with a number of races being canceled, it doesn't feel like the right time to launch this product. Mm -hmm. um, so we're actually going to hold off and launch that probably in spring of 2021. But that was the idea is like when we launch this product, like we're going to embrace cyclists and ultra runners and all those endurance athletes for which it really it really is makes more sense and is way more convenient to be able to get an all-in-one fuel and electrolyte replacement mm -hmm. um, and i'm super excited uh for that product to release we've done some testing with athletes um we have an ultra runner trevor fuchs who went out and did the hurt 100 um it's a 100 mile race in hawaii and um once again he didn't it's not because of our product, but he won. Um, and he, Trevor's he, impressive. He's Ultra amazing. Yeah, yeah, he is. So he used that. He used our new product exclusively for his fuel beyond like one or two goose, um, that entire race. So for me, it was like, okay, somebody used this for 20 hours. He had no gut distress. He felt great. His energy levels felt great. So it was a wonderful kind of test for us. Um, with how the product could perform. Everybody's different, you know, Tailwind is another great product and some people can do great on Tailwind and some people, you know, get stomach upset and end mm -hmm. up throwing up. Like everyone is different. And I, I fully believe that, but um, it was a good test for us on kind of the efficacy, the flavor, like whether he got taste fatigue, how he felt during it, if he needed more electrolytes and um, it passed with flying colors. So I'm super psyched to release that. Sad that we have to postpone it, but. Well, we'll look forward to it. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So I think um, we probably need to 
get the, get things wrapped up a little bit. Sure. So we do have some rapid fire questions. Actually, before we go to that, we wanted to ask you, yeah. you, you had talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but what's, what is your personal philosophy on nutrition and your everyday eating? Yeah. So, um, I try to, I, I think I said, I'm, I'm a plant focused eater. So I try to make vegetables, um, and fruits, but primarily vegetables, part of every meal that I eat. Um, I try to similar to our products source, really high quality ingredients. You know, we get our vegetables from, um, a community supported agriculture group. Um, we buy our meat from a, a local farm, um, I, th- I believe in that both in terms of supporting local economy, but I also just believe you're getting a higher quality and a healthier um, product. But I also feel like there's room for chocolate chip cookies and, um, <laughs> you know, I've got kids and I want them to have a healthy relationship with food. And that, um, I think, involves eating all foods and just understanding the importance of, of hunger cues and the importance of moderation um, and, you uh, yeah, just enjoying it and enjoying to taking the time to cook and taking the time to eat. Yeah, I love that. I have a, a similar a similar approach to eating. And um, do you mind if I ask what's that farm that you loc- get your locally sourced meat from? It's Blue Tree Farms. Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah, one of our goals with this podcast is to help support and grow local companies. And so, and we're actually awesome. here... Emily works at Fazari. We're we're here in the Fazari warehouse. They yeah. they just started in Linden. So yeah, thank awesome. you to Fazari for letting us record here. Yeah, yeah it's great. So, but uh, just to end, we have some rapid fire questions for you. So okay. Elise is gonna get those for you. Okay. Um, this is this one's to go along with the last one. But what's your favorite meal that uh, you make personally? Probably enchiladas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have this sweet potato, black bean uh, enchilada dish that I really like. Um, and you make the enchilada sauce, it's a lot easier than you would think, but it's just really mm. good. Yeah. Yum. I have to get mm-hmm. the recipe. Yeah, you'll have to share that with us. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. If you were a macronutrient, which one would you be? <laughs> <laughs> you, you've never been that, asked that before. No, I haven't, but I love it. Um, I'd, I'd probably be protein because um, it's a builder, not a fuel. I, yeah. I feel like I'm more of a builder. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite onomatopoeia? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Remind me what an onomatopoeia is. I, I know. Like, it's like sounds that are words, like bang, crash, boom. <laughs> oh. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, of the ones you just... I don't know. I, I, I like... I don't know. Crash, I don't like so much because I'm getting like visions of crashing on my mountain bike. Pow! <laughs> like, I, I don't like know. Because I get visions of, of superheroes and yeah. uh, Wonder Woman beating up a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> the one I think of is like, bloop. <laughs> you would be bloop, please. <laughs> bloop. That's bloop. awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, who is your favorite athlete? Okay. Or at least one that you really admire. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's my favorite athlete? I mean, I, I 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of a better known athlete. I mean, one of my favorite athletes is uh, is a jujitsu is a female jujitsu athlete. Her name's Fionn Davies, and she's from um, from Ireland. Um, and she's my favorite athlete because not because of her winning, although she's she's killing it right now in jujitsu. Um, she's just very honest um, and very herself. And um, I appreciate that in athletes. I think, you know, with social media, especially we get kind of these prepackaged, you know, perfect people. Um, and often you can't really see the real person behind that. And so whenever I can instantly tell that someone's um, being authentic, uh, that's attractive to me. And that's, that's what I really like about her. And she gives it her all. And you can just tell every time she gets on the mat, she gives it everything she has. I love that. Cool. That's awesome. Well, that concludes our questions. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your time. We loved of meeting course. with you. And uh, is there anything, if you had to leave our listeners with one takeaway, what would you, what would you say? Um, I would say that, I mean, try to get outside every day, do what you love, move your body. Um, and that can mean a bunch of different things for different people. It can mean getting on trails, it can mean road running, it can mean riding your bike, it can mean doing jujitsu, but um, just get outside and move and do what, what makes you happy. Yeah. yeah, I love that. All right, Shannon, cool. well, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. It was super fun to chat. Yeah, you too. Okay. So, all right. Take care. Have a good one. Stay you too. safe. <laughs> Stay healthy. All, all right. right. Bye. Bye.